Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya! How are you doing this week, Sam? I don't know, I, you know, once again woke up in nightmare racism land. That's yep. not Just another day on normal island. <laughs> I hate it here, I really do. Uh, and I'm also pretty ill, so that's nice. But I've, I've taken five COVID tests and they all came back negative, so I'm assuming I don't have COVID. Hopefully, hopefully. You're either incredibly unlucky or you uh, or you don't have COVID. And I'm probably going to go with a yeah. lot of <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to be unlucky enough to, to get COVID while double vaccinated, be very ill with COVID while double vaccinated, and have uh, five false negatives in a row. <laughs> that would be <laughs> incredibly unlucky. Uh, I'm just feeling quite... I think it's just... It's, it's either like some kind of cold or like a severe hay fever reaction um, yeah. but I, f- I felt rough for like a week because uh, I, was, I was a little bit I felt a little bit peaky when we recorded last week uh, and then it's just gotten worse and worse I had to leave work early on Thursday because I, I was just slumped in a corner <laughs> oh, no. but I've, I've taken loads of pills now so that's nice so I still have all the symptoms but I feel less you know like death cool that should be an interesting episode <laughs> yeah if there's, more, if there's more coughing and sneezing and sniffling than usual then I, I really apologise but uh, the content comes first right Hell yeah. I can't cancel the podcast because I'm ill. <laughs> what kind of coward would do that we've got to have a consistent schedule right <laughs> yeah that's the one thing that Air of Devastation podcast is known for <laughs> it's consistently uploading content in the same day every week oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing alright outside of the aforementioned racism island and illness good played, good some, played some magic Ran back nice. and him. Yeah, how was that? So going well, it's good. Yeah, but, I mean, people just people are ravenous. Honestly, we had uh, so we're doing pods of six, pods of six still. So we had two modern pods and a pauper pod, and they all sold out within twenty four hours. Fantastic, which is absolutely nuts. Um, and yeah, everyone had a great time. Uh, it was fun. I went one and three with Lantern. Okay, cool. So, so I played like just terribly. I played really, really badly. I was playing against against a creature deck. It's like a Black Red Death Shadow. Yeah. With Ragavans and Dragon Rage Channelers. And uh, I'm playing the, I was playing the blue-black Emery version. Yeah, yeah. Because I like Emery. Uh, Emery's a sweet card. It really I is. I really love that card. And I had an Emery in play. And uh, my opponent had Thoughtseize both of the ensnaring bridges in my hand. And I, nice. I, I had an Emery in play and three mana and two Ensnaring Bridges in my graveyard for four turns and, oh. and then I lost to, to creatures to attacking me oh no because I'm an idiot because <laughs> <laughs> I'm very very bad at Magic the Gathering it turns out um, <laughs> but I'm ill right so that's fine I can write that off as that I'm not feeling well uh, yeah oh totally totally but it's, it was still great I still had a great time like I said I, I, I say all the time I'd much rather go 0-4 and have a and, and just play Magic than, than win all the time who's yeah, trying to still managed to Dream Crush somebody's night with with Lantern as well. Yeah, it was great. That one counts. Yeah, it was uh, Abzan, Abzan Grief, Ephemerate, Malachi Rebirth, Nonsense. On turn Fantastic. on turn three, he slammed a Siege Rider. It was great. In like, in like your, your Ephemerate deck, perfect. Um, yeah. That was, that was that was fun. It's Magic's just fun, right? <laughs> playing Magic with people is great, and playing Modern is actually really fun right now. Playing Siege right now in the year 2021. That's, that is exactly great. what I said to him. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> You're casting Siege right now in the year 2021. I love it. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's, it's really good fun. Uh, this this weekend, we're, we're going to run in-person pre-release events. Oh, nice, Doing nice. Actual pre-releases. It's the, Despite uh, the set being out for well over a week at the yeah, yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> it's been out for months, hasn't it? Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, we're doing, doing the same thing, so it's pods of six. Um, to be able, we've got an event on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they're already selling very, very well. Um, and, you know, it's the first paper pre-release we've done for what 16 17 months whenever Ferris yeah. came out so yeah it's gonna be amazing I'm really really excited for that it doesn't mean I've got to work all weekend which which isn't great because um, I haven't done that since you know I quit my last job um, <laughs> over a year ago but I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's, it's gonna be great people are just it, it, pre-release is such a like a unique and exciting event for people yeah, and the first one back since literally Theros Beyond Death is going to be is going to be amazing. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that, and, and I'm, I'm going to play Modern instead because <laughs> I don't I don't really care about playing this set, but I'm sure those people are going to be going to open some exciting cards and make some silly decks, and I'm going to hear about it all weekend long, and that's yeah. What a great job I have, you know. Yeah, sounds fun, definitely. Sounds fun. Spend all weekend working just listening to people talk about how they rolled a natural 20 and destroyed their opponent. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so good. How was your week? Yeah, was was fine. Um, but yeah, just more the same old, same old every day. As far as my day job goes, that's fine. Boring. Uh, been playing a bit of Magic, though, so... The Adventures of Forgotten Realms set is out on Magic Arena. Uh, I'm, I'm back on my bullshit. 100% back on my bullshit. So in Historic, uh, I've been playing the uh, Emergent Ultimatum Aserak Omniscience deck. Just casting Aserak the Archleech mm-hmm. the infinite number of times yep. and just not completing the uh, Tomb of Annihilation dungeon. It's the most obnoxious deck I have ever played. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it feels horrendous to play. It's so boring and slow and takes up so many clicks. But it's, yeah, it's 100% me. Didn't you play Kethys uh, Combo? Oh, it's worse than Kethys oh, Combo. Wow, okay. like, so much was, worse. That was obnoxious and, and horrible to play. Yeah, well, well, yeah so you've got to cast uh, Asrak the Archlich like six times before you you get to drain your opponent for one so you've got to do six times whatever their life total is oh god so <laughs> oh i didn't uh, think about that and, and and every time there's an animation when you go into the dungeon like <laughs> oh no that sounds awful it's so much worse than kethos so much worse than kethos uh i i've i lost because i ran out of time on arena in uh, in one game that's like not just like the um like the rope burning out, like I, I lost her to the rope burnout in Kethys plenty of times because you could combo off so quickly on like turn three, and the game decides that oh you're not allowed to win this early and the rope just burns down. Um, but no, lost to like actual round went to time because <laughs> because the animations take up too time, That's so too weird. much time. It's awful. It's such an awful deck, but it's it's one hundred percent me. Uh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, you've got to play the nonsense combo deck, right? Yeah, it's not even a good deck. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. not even good. That makes it even it's, more it's, you. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. I haven't paid any limited yet, um, because uh, I'm cheap. So <laughs> keeping that <laughs> keeping that completely free to play on Magic Arena. So 
uh, trying to get, get the most out of my money and just play quick drafts to get sure. the, the gems up and then once Adventures Forgotten Realms moves away from the, the, like the premier uh, like the premier draft formats on there and turns into quick draft then I'll, I'll play it then definitely if I don't get enough gems before then but from what I've seen from the limited it looks really cool it looks like a, like a like a very fun set for limited magic missile seems to be fantastic so there's a, a hint if you are attending a paper pre-release this weekend um, yeah wish I was pre-releasing myself but the set looks good it's really fun it's not that far to Birmingham right <laughs> come down yeah I mean we'll sleep on our probably sofa pro- probably not uh, not recommended given given the world outside but it's time everything's fine again it's not like there were just you know 60,000 people crammed into a small place all hugging and kissing each other yeah that <laughs> amongst other things yeah oh yeah and beating the living shit out of each other that, as well. yeah. that probably spreads COVID as well doesn't it yeah probably probably but I'm sure like I'm sure I'll I'll do it at some point like I think I'm probably going to pick up a, a box of this either draft or do sealed with because mm-hmm. I think I'm very interested in doing sealed in this format because it just looks sweet but it's fun and this week like I like I promised last week we are, we're going to go through the mythics in the set we're going to talk hit or myth uh, and it's it's pretty exciting I think it's quite a, quite a interesting set some cool cards yeah it's, it's going to be f- like I think there are so many different axes on which these specific cards can be can can feel mythic or not? Yeah, and it's not just like a regular like oh this is this is powerful or it does a lot of things therefore it's obviously a mythic like I think the flavor is going to come uh, come into this a lot compared to the other sets that we've done this for. I would yeah, I think so definitely. Yeah, I think so because it 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 is a very flavorful set like whether or not you are really sort of in tune with the flavor or you know care for or appreciate the, the flavor which I don't for most of these cards but. The things that the cards themselves do and the characters they represent really, for the most part, go, go nicely with each other. And yeah, it's just cool. It's just a cool set. Again, like I said last week, a lot of it's not for me. A lot of these references aren't for me, but it's still cool. It's still very, very cool. I can I can appreciate that at least. Yeah, I can appreciate other people enjoying them because yeah. I'm not a sociopath <laughs> or a real magic player. That's the that's the real kicker. Yeah. Hell yeah! Should we should we so, get into it? I think so. Let's just kick it off right where uh, right where I left off, I guess. So first up is Asarak the Archlich. This is a, a mythic. It's a two and a black for a five-five legendary creature. It's a zombie wizard and has when Asarak the Archlich enters the battlefield. If you haven't completed a Tomb of Annihilation, return Asarak the Archlich to its owner's hand and venture into the dungeon. And whenever Asarak the Archlich attacks, for each opponent you create a two-two black zombie creature token unless that player sacrifices a creature. That's an easy hit, right? Yeah, easy hit. I think even if there wasn't like infinite combo shenanigans, uh, I, I think this is an easy hit. For a start, it's a three mana five five. That's pretty good, right? I mean, Rotting Regisaur was a three mana nine seven. That was only a rare. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Pretty sure it was a nine seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does. It does one of the main mechanics of the set. It creates things. It asks your opponent to sacrifice things. It's something that can be done repeatedly, whether you're abusing it or not. Uh, I don't know whether this is on flavor for a Sarawak, and maybe there's. I'm unsure, but I, I assume because it cares specifically about the Tomb of Annihilation dungeon, then I assume it is 
he's probably like the boss of that dungeon or, or, or whatever. So that makes sense, right? Like you don't get the the bosses in D and D. You don't you don't get to encounter Asarak until you've completed the dungeon. Uh, oh, is that the flavor? I'm I'm stupid. Is that the flavor? <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I don't know enough about Tomb of Annihilation, but I I would assume so based on what the card does. Like it only gets to stick around once you complete the dungeon. So that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean this this is it. It does does a lot of things. It cares about yeah. one of the main mechanics of the set, and it's genuinely quite powerful. So I'm I'm fine yeah. with this being a mythic. Yeah, same. Love this card. Really cool. Cool, nice and easy. So next up is another card that I, I kind of love for totally totally different reasons. This is Demi-Lich. It's blue, 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 blue for a skeleton wizard. It's a 4-3. Uh, this spell costs blue less to cast for each instant and sorcery spell you've cast this turn. Whenever Demi-Lich attacks, exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Copy it, you may cast the copy. And you may exile Demi-Lich from your graveyard by exiling four instant or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to payments of the costs. Uh, yeah, this does a lot of things. It's just yeah. so many things. It <laughs> does. Why does it, it, does it do so much? It does a, a lot. I, it has three paragraphs of text in its text box. Uh, I I just want to give it a, a hit alone for the fact that it's a skeleton wizard. Like, that's pretty sick. That's one of the coolest creature combinations, right? Surely it's a skull wizard, right? Or is that like the rest I mean, of its body made of, like, mist? Hmm. I, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, but I really I hope that it's a skeleton I'm, wizard. It's such a cool creature type. It is. I really hope there's someone who's really into D and D that like listens to this podcast and is just <laughs> cring- getting very upset, yeah, <laughs> cringing and has their head in their hands every time we talk about anything. Uh, yeah, it's also very powerful, and I imagine there are some eternal formats where this is going to pop up at least at least. You know, early on in those formats, before whether we decide whether it's actually good or not, but it, it does a lot of powerful things. Yeah. Like cast an opt, and then it just takes a blue off the cast, so it's like you've played a blue for it, but it's it's free. It's yep. uh, and then it does other things as well. <laughs> like I think I think a yeah. zero mana four three is probably good enough, <laughs> and then it does a bunch of other things. Yeah, absolutely. There's like. I've I've seen uh, modern blue red vengevine vengevine in quotes. D- oh, uh, deck Christ. sort of playing playing Damulich because uh, it can it's, it can do things. It's always Vengevine, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, Vengevine isn't in the in the deck itself, but the Damulich behaves like a Vengevine essentially. And then you're just playing things like Arc Light Phoenix, Mana Morphos, uh, Thought Scour, Gutshot, Charter Course, everyone's favourite Modern Horizons card, Dragon Rage Channeler, because because it's just a good card. Uh-huh. And you get to fail. Yep. I imagine there's, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of Fogak deck in Legacy that was playing this. Yeah, like possibly. Quite possibly. Because they don't they don't have to be blue spells that you cast. Yeah. So you can cast, like, I mean, you could cast Careful Study and stuff like that, but, like, Cabal Therapy works with this. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's certainly got potential. It's it's very, very powerful. Yeah, definitely. And you can reanimate it. So it's, it's, it's an easy, it's a floating skull thing with, like, crystals for eyes and teeth. Yeah, that's cool. Love it, love it. Yeah. I wonder if there's like there's probably some sort of like turns shenanigans you can do as well. Exile up to one. Yeah, I guess. Just keep attacking. Just keep taking turns. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, we found out with those decks. They don't need a win condition. Yeah. This is entirely <laughs> too much like a win condition for a taking turns deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that's it's, it's cool. I'll do, I, uh, again, like I think, totally, totally easily hit. Like, if it was just a a a four mana four three blue skeleton wizard, I'd give it a hit. I love that. Love that. Totally here for that. It's it's a very cool card. Very very easy to please when it comes to skeleton wizards. Big fan. It's good to know for future reference. <laughs> <laughs> so next up we have Eamon Death Dragon Lich. It is two black black for a legendary creature, a zombie dragon. Has flash flying. When it enters the battlefield it enters the battlefield tapped. And you may cast Eben Death Dracul Lich from your graveyard if a creature not named Eben Death Dracul Lich died this turn. It's a five two. Uh, I don't understand this card. I don't really. It's, I don't really get it. Yeah. It's a very yeah. weird combination of abilities, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely flash flying, but it enters the battlefield tapped, and you can cast it from your graveyard if another creature's died. Like I assume that last bit is is a, for some sort of flavor reference. Again, do not know. Do not know the flavor of this one at all. But it's a cool looking card. Yeah, I mean it does a lot of things, so that sort of ticks most of the mythic boxes just by itself. It's a legendary dragon. It's a legendary zombie. So those things normally mean <laughs> mythic is, is is probably the correct rarity for it. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it does uh, does a bunch of stuff, and you can reanimate it. And it's just flash and ETB tap is such a weird combination of abilities that I don't really get. Yeah, I guess it's. You can you can block with something like your opponent goes to attack. You can chump block and then, in their end step, reanimate it. Like, yeah, I guess that's the thing you can do. I guess, but it I doesn't guess. seem it doesn't seem seem amazing. I think I I think this one again has to kind of be a hit because it's a it's a it's a cool interesting mythic dragon in the Dungeons and Dragons set. So I feel like. It has to be a hit for that, but in terms of, of power level, I don't know if it's quite there. But I think flavor-wise, I, I assume it's there because it, it's it's reanimating itself. It's a zombie dragon. It's just cool. Just a cool card. I think that's going to be our assessment for most of these cards. Yeah, is this card cool or not? Yeah. <laughs> does this does this represent something? Like Dungeons and Dragony enough to be a mythic in the Dungeons and Dragons set? And I'll never know the yeah. answer to that question. <laughs> oh, I have no favorite reference. But yeah, this this one does, I guess. Yeah, I I think so. I think so. We can't not give the uh, the Draco Lich a hit, right? Demi Lich, Draco Lich. How many liches exactly? I thought I was under the impression that it was like one Lich. Another different like because we've had all the cards we've talked about so far have been liches. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, Sarah this is true. Arch Lich. Are there non-lich creatures in this set? Oh, absolutely. We'll get to those in a minute. But I think easy hit for me. We'll move on to our next one, which is uh, Eliwick Tumblestrom. Two green green for legendary planeswalker Eliwick. It's plus one, venture into the dungeon. Minus two, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. If it's legendary, you gain three life. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus seven, you get an emblem with creatures you control have trample and haste, and get a plus two plus two for each differently named dungeon you've completed. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, of the opinion that every planeswalker that isn't from War of the Spark is automatically a mythic because of design conventions up until now. Um, yeah, 
I'm I'm less of that opinion, but yep. I, I think this one gets there. Yeah, uh, it's a it's it's a, a whole dungeon thing in the can, right? Yeah, it's like we talked about whatever that white card was last week. That I obviously cannot remember the name of. Uh, that cares about dungeons and does dungeoning itself, right? Uh, this is similar to that in that it cares about the things that it has done before. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's very powerful. Um, and doing, you know, venturing into the dungeon once a turn, I would imagine is probably not that exciting for constructed. Um, but it also has some card advantage on it. It's a green planeswalker, so obviously it has card advantage on it. Uh, and then it has a ultimate, which is probably kind of good. It's an emblem that gives them at least plus two, plus two, and travel and haze. Because I imagine, because you can complete a dungeon in three steps, right? Uh, the quickest you can complete a dungeon is three, right? Is it? I think so. Possibly, yeah, possibly. So I'm fairly sure. You, so you start. To yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you can do two more annihilation in three, I think. Yeah, so you plus one, three times, and then you come out of seven, and you complete yeah. a dungeon. So you, you, they get plus two, plus two. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a planeswalker. So <laughs> it's an easy hit for me, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think it, again, it, it has the flavour stuff going for it like the minus two uh, you get uh, if, if the creature's legendary you gain three life to me that seems really cool and flavourful in terms of like this is obviously a bard planeswalker uh, and the bard singing a song about a legendary hero and you get a bonus for that and yeah I think it's cool I think it's really cool yeah that's what I meant as well I know Dungeons and Dragons things <laughs> well <laughs> yeah Again, uninformed about where in <laughs> the greater lore of Dungeons and Dragons Eliwick Tumblestrom lands, but it's it's a cool planeswalker design. And I don't know, maybe we'll maybe we'll see them again in the future. And the art's very very cool. The art is is fantastic. The borderless version has got that little frog guy, the little pale yeah. pink frog is very very good. Yeah, big fan uh, of that frog. And the little pixies and stuff. It's uh, this uh, see. I should have played D and D by now. It's not like I don't like D and D, and that's why I don't know anything about it. I just, I just, I've never had the opportunity to play. I imagine I'd really like it, but there's no point understanding a lore for a thing you're never going to play, right? Yeah, like, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is a, is a very good game, but I've, I've, I've played it, a, I've played it many, many times in my life, but never really deeply followed, sort of. You know, the lore and stuff. Like whenever I've I've played, it's usually just been like custom campaigns and stuff, and just using using the D and D rule set as as a rule set and sort of building our own worlds around that. So I, yeah. I'm not massively massively into the lore. Some things I know from from the video games. Um, played a fair few of the the Baldur's Gate video games. Um, never went to nights and stuff. Icewind Dale when I was younger, but. Some things like like Eliwick Tumblestrom, I guess. I have no idea, no idea where they fit into the the big picture. Oh, I, I do believe that they're a new character. Cool. That's... So absolutely nowhere then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you went on that whole spiel for no reason. Uh, I just don't have enough friends to play D and D, so. <laughs> uh, it's fair enough. <laughs> and also not true. I have many friends. I, 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 <laughs> I resent the fact that you automatically assume they don't have enough friends to play a D and D campaign. You don't think I have like four friends? You're one of them. <laughs> but I, but I, hey, we could we could play we could play D and D sometime if you want to. Yeah, we'll get Do we have three other friends? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make friends. 
Cool. Yeah, I believe Ellie Wick Tumblestrom is like a, a a character unique to this this set rather than being cool. from D and D. Uh, next one. Oh, next. next one's an easy hit. Next. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> Flame Skull. It's one red red for a creature. Skeleton. It's flying. Flame Skull can't block. Has rejuvenation. When Flame Skull dies, exile it. If you do, exile the top card of your library. Till the end of your next turn, you may play one of those cards. And it's a 3-1. When you're reading this card, it doesn't feel like a mythic, but it's a goddamn Flame Skull. <laughs> it's, okay. a, I, I, it's a giant flying skull on fire. Like Yeah. And it's called Flame Skull. Yeah, it's amazing. Again, power level terms. This card is 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 awful. This card is not very good. Yeah. But in terms of everything else, this is fantastic, and I love it. I'm totally, totally here for Flame Skull. This would be really good for the uh, Secret Lair Ghost Rider. I imagine they're working on at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, I, yeah. This card seems awful. I don't really understand. Yeah. So it can't block. So you can't pay three mana to just exile the top card of your library. It doesn't even have, have haste. I know. Like, if this was like one red red, three one flying, can't block, rejuvenation, but also has haste. Like I sort of assumed it did. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, no, it's just it's it's not even a fast flying skull. It's just a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a skull powered by fire that isn't very fast. That doesn't. No. That doesn't track. Um, but it's flying, so it's hard for your opponents to block, and it can't die through blocking. They have to block it. I guess like the point is like they're incentivized not to block it because then you get an upside, but the upside isn't even that good. Yeah. I. I think this. Yeah, I think I've. I've... <sighs> Pains me to say this because it's a flame skull, but I think this is a miss. Nah, fuck it, it's a flame skull. <laughs> it's, it's a hit. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> if it had haste, if it had haste, instant hit, just like. You know, flavor-wise, like you open, the, you you venture through the dungeon, you open the door, and bam, out flies the flame skull. Just wrecking you and your party, but it doesn't even do that. It's like you open the door and there it is. It's just drifting along. It's a flame skull. It's uh, not even scary. You, uh, I don't know. It's the thing recasting it. It's like it dies, so then I guess you can recast it that turn, and then it can attack next turn. So it like kind of has pseudo haste, right? It doesn't need to have haste because you can cast it again. You no, know, no, you can't cast it. Yeah, you again. can. You can. No, when you, when it dies, exile it. If you do, exile the top of your library until. The end of your next turn, you may play one of those cards. Yeah, one of those cards referred to Flame Skull or the cards. Oh, is what is is itself? Okay, it's yeah, just yeah. written strangely. Yes, it's sure. like with the sort of Hearth and Home, where you exile a creature, then search for land and put put both of those cards from your hand into, from, from, into play or whatever. Yeah, um, it's just I imagine it's trying to make it more succinct. But yeah, you can recast the Flame Skull. So that's why it doesn't have haste. Is that it essentially have pseudo haste because you attack with it. And then when it dies, you can cast it again that turn, which means next turn it yeah. can attack, and you've already attacked this turn, so ha- it having haste would be uh, superfluous. Even then, I don't think it's very good. Yeah, even then, I I, I agree. I don't really get I it. I agree. It's fi- flying fl- flame skull though, so that's fine. Yeah, I think I love I love everything else about it, but I just think I think I kind of have to give this one a miss just to, the power level just feels far too low for for everything else that has going on I think if it had haste that would be or menace if it had haste, haste on menace I think I, that would just push it up just enough for me but I yeah it's a miss for me I agree with you but it's still it's still a hit yeah. <laughs> that is totally fair enough <laughs> next up we have Grand Master of Flowers it's a two white white for legendary planeswalker Bahamut 
As long as Grandmaster of Flowers has seven or more loyalty counters on him, he's a 7-7 Dragon God creature with flying and indestructible. <laughs> Plus one, target creature without first strike, double strike, or vigilance can't attack or block until your next turn. Plus one, search your library and or graveyard for a card named Monk of the Open Hand, reveal it, put it in your hand, and if you, if you search your library this way, shuffle. Comes in with three loyalty. Why doesn't this have flash? Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you, you can't... You can't have a card called Grandmaster that doesn't have flash. Oh, I get it. I get it. Did you get my really good joke? Yeah. It's a, it's a four mana... Four mana, three loyalty planeswalker with two plus one abilities. That is actually a seven seven dragon god. With indestructible. This is amazing. I love everything about this card. Yeah, but it, it doesn't reference... Summon all hip hop artists, Grandmaster Flash, so. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you're going to respond to basically everything I say with, that's fine. Yeah, I, I just love this. This card is just weird. It's so it weird. It is very weird. It, like, I've never seen a planeswalker like this before, and I'm here for it, like, 100%. I, I don't yeah. even think I've seen. Like, what does the Monk of the Open Hand even do? I have no idea. I haven't even seen that card. Should we go find out? Can't be that good. Yeah. Should we, we find out? Let's find out. Let's find out. Monk of the Open Hand. Uh, it is a 1 mana 1 1, which has flurry of blows. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, put a 1 1 counter on it. Oh, incredible. That's, that's, that's not <laughs> bad. I mean, it's not good either. I mean, it's, but better it's, than, it's not bad. It's better than Nissa's Chosen. That's yeah, true. That's true. Which is why this is a callback to, right? Kind of because it searches for a, a specific card. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean the, the, there's been there's been a, quite a fair few Planeswalker deck cards that care about having a specific card in play. Yeah, but this is natural. Uh, just this is the first time that's a, that's a non-Planeswalker deck. Yeah, yeah, I, it's uh, it's cool. It's a cool design. It's cooler than Gideon. Is it? Is only a It's hundred percent cooler than Gideon. Or a five-five. Yeah, it does a lot of... Again, it's new design space, right? Yeah. So sure, we've had Planeswalkers that can become creatures. We've have, have we had a Planeswalker that is like inherently a creature at this point? Gideon, War of the Spark Gideon was like a creature on your turn, right? Uh, yeah, War of the Spark Gideon is a creature on your turn. Uh, Grist is a creature everywhere but the, the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is this is you know it, it's very very similar to a lot of things we've had before, but it is still mm. a new design space, and I think that again it's a planeswalker, so mythic, but it's uh, it, it's new design space, so I like this being a mythic, just like it does a thing we haven't seen a, a card do before. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's cool. I, I love it. Like that's it. Like even without even just evaluating the abilities for this one, I just. Love the fact that oh it's yeah it's two and two white for a three loyalty planeswalker, but oh, actually it's a seven seven dragon god creature with flying and indestructible. It's just like a weird it's like it's a amazing. It's a weird way to write the ultimate, right? Because like yeah, previously yeah. it would have been like minus seven, it becomes a seven seven dragon god. Yeah. But this one it's if it has so it's, it keeps the loyalty and you can keep taking it up. Yeah, so it's like you can still activate abilities and stuff. Yeah, hard to kill because you can still attack it right when it's a dragon. Yeah, um, because it's a planeswalker. Yeah. yeah, so it keeps its loyalty, which is cool. So it doesn't just turn into a seven-seven dragon god with indestructible and then immediately die to having zero loyalty. So <laughs> it's cool. It's a it's a cool implementation of that design. I like it. 
And I imagine yeah. the flavor, I don't know who Bahamut is. Which I imagine it's a 7 7 dragon god creature of lying and indestructible. Okay, so the Grandmaster of Flowers is a character. Is is Bahamut the dragon god cosplaying? Or LARPing? Maybe. maybe. As this person? I don't, again, is it like Chromium? I don't know enough about, is it like Chromium? Don't know. I, assume I would is. assume so. Yeah. yeah, I don't know enough about the lore, but I, I assume so. It's got a lot of bird This, would be, a cool, this would be a cool way to, to do Chromium if they, they do, do Chromium as a, again. As a planeswalker. Yeah, that'd be really sweet. As a planeswalker, or just like a like a like a dual faced creature or something that would be cool. Chromium is a really cool design. Love that card. Yeah. I hope we get to visit those dragons again at some point. We've done Dominaria to death. No, we haven't. Don't make me do it again. <laughs> no, it's so good though. I don't want to have Slimefoot waving at me again. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Ah, oh, got Slimefoot. Anyway, let's move on to another <laughs> big white dragon. Okay. This is. Icing Death, Frost Tyrant, 2 white white for legendary creature dragon. It's flying and vigilance. When it dies, create Icing Death, Frost Tongue, a legendary white equipment artifact token with equipped creature gets plus 2 plus 0. Whenever equipped creature attacks, tap target creature defending player controls and equip 2. That's a 4 3. Are you. Are you also sort of like. just feel weird about the fact it's called Icing Death? Yeah, definitely. Like some sort of like. cake. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I know it's not called it's not called icing in the states. So there, you know, there've been a couple of magic cards where like oh yeah, it's like frosting. Isn't yeah, it? so <laughs> so this could be called frosting death ice tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and there have been a few cards that like haven't translated exactly perfectly to British English. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, slag fiend, etc. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just still one of my favourite cards. Fodder tosser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, they need one British person on the team. Just be like, guys, please, yeah. please don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I see. I just. Oh, it's it's not quite as bad as the uh, as, as the Transformers, but yeah. What's a good one from Transformers? Oh, it's a slur. I'm not going to use that one. Oh god, <laughs> you're gonna have to message me that, please. Yeah. I love slurs. Uh, uh, yeah, I I just thought I, it just feels weird every time I read it because I see yeah. is made of sugar. Uh, this is. I think this is a good. I'm, I'm led to believe this is a good implementation of the law in that you kill this dragon and steal its tongue to use as a weapon, which is cool. Yeah, it, it drops loot. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I really like that, and I really hope this is something we get like um, going on. And like, it works perfectly for a DD set, right? Like killing random um, monsters and they drop loot. But I yeah. really, really like that. As it, they don't have to be good, even if it, even if it was just like when you uh, when this creature dies, your opponent creates treasure or something, right? Yeah, just like yeah. I really like the idea of, of you killing an opponent's creature and it dropping loot that's really sweet uh, it's something specific it seems like a good implementation of that law um, and it's it's, it's cool uh, uh, it seems relatively powerful 4 mana 4-3 with vigilance and flying is fine is yeah I, I agree definitely like again, for, for what the, the mythic legendary white dragon should do I think it, it just ticks all the boxes and yeah, I think it's great. I do love White Flying, having an equipment team again. 4-3, and then dies and becomes you know, a reasonable equipment. Yeah, I think it's good. Remember when Halvar, the, the god from Kaldheim, was also an equipment? Yeah. And now we have a, the big mythic dragon from... I mean, this one's slightly different. I feel like this is the first time we've really seen this before. Yeah, for sure, but it's a creature being an equipment. It's not brand new. Sure, it's, it's brand new in terms of this specific implementation of this, but yeah. it's not brand brand new in terms of flavour, I guess. 
Yeah. But it's cool, and it seems like it makes sense in, in the, the lore of the Forgotten Realms, so I'm into yeah. it. Cool, yeah, easy hit. Cool. Easy hit, right? Totally, totally agree. Cool, next up we have Inferno of the Star Mounds. It's four red red for legendary creature, dragon. This spell can't be countered, has flying haste, it's a six six, and has pay red. Inferno of the Star Mountain gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. When this power becomes 20 this way, it deals 20 damage to any target. So we're just telling Sheevan Dragon comprehensibly to go fuck itself, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is cool. I love this card. Yeah, I love this card too. Like, oh, it's it's the mythic red dragon. Every set has one, but this this one's really cool. This one isn't just a 5-5 five, five with haste. That becomes the bane of standard for 12 months. Uh, yeah. I love this thing. Really love this ring. It's a very interesting design. Has a lot of the powerful mono red things, like this spell can't be countered. It has does have flying and haste, obviously. It's a big red dragon. But that ability, like, yeah, pump 14 mana into it, you win the game, essentially. It's yeah. Big, big fan of that. Yeah, I like, like, so this this still functions as, like, your, your the top of your curve in a red deck that just. Yeah. This is going to, you know, be played sideways onto some battlefields and it's going to kill some people for sure in standard. And then it can continue to beat the crap out of your opponent. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if there are any ways to abuse this and like manage to get fourteen mana in one turn to be able to make this deal twenty damage to something or someone. Um, in uh, I guess you know, not in standard, but in other formats, like yes, you can do um, Bergy, Grin and Ignis, infinite red mana stuff. So like, something you could do. Probably not good. Like there are there are better combos to play in older formats for sure. But it's something that you could do definitely. Someone's going to do that on Arena for sure. Yeah, totally. And like again, I also love that it plays into the whole twenty theme of the set as well. Um, yeah. The fact that it's when its power becomes twenty, it deals twenty damage. That's cool. But also, like if you have twenty red mana available, you can just do that and win the game. On the, on the spot if the creature sticks around because you pay 6 mana to cast the creature and then you pump 14 mana into the, the ability it's very cool it's a very cool design yeah. and yeah it's just it. they, they've literally just taken the shell of Shaven Dragon and just put a bunch of extra words on it Yeah, which is great <laughs> uh, this card's cool and yeah I imagine it's yeah. like I said I think it's it's Glorybringer-esque enough that I think it is going to beat some people up in standard yeah yeah sure definitely um hmm yeah, probably. Like, I guess like, again, like oh, when throwing a Voldrain rotates, <laughs> yeah. um, like it, it will just be the top end of, of whatever the like the blue red. Maybe it'll be like black red dragons will be. because yeah. um, obviously you still have the, whatever the one that makes treasure from Kaldheim that is still very good. Yeah, I mean I know like so, so six mana Chandra will play. Uh, I know obviously it's it's harder to remove planeswalkers, and you know most removal spells will just kill this. Uh, yeah. But it's certainly ahead of a threat if you just slam it on six mana, yeah. for sure. Big fan. Big fan of this. Easy, easy hit. Yeah. Next up we have Imrith Desert Doom, or Desert Doom, if you're going with the uh, the, the, the food theme. <laughs> Free blue blue. <laughs> I guess, if you also don't know how to spell the word dessert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, a non-zero amount of people will, will pronounce the card that way. Yeah, including you, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is a 5 mana, so 3 blue blue, uh, mono blue legendary creature dragon, it's a 5-5, five, five, has flying, has ward 4, as long as it's untapped, 
Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Then if you have fewer than three cards in hand, draw cards equal to the dif difference. So this is like uh, Ojatai's kid brother, right? Yeah. It's very, very similar. It doesn't have Hexproof, but it has Ward 4, which in a lot of situations is going to be as good as Hexproof. And it can draw up to three cards, which is yeah. very, very powerful. Um, this looks like a control finisher. I don't know if this is what standards are going to be about. Just being able to slam a five mana dragon that can protect itself and is a card advantage engine in itself. It's if standard is going to be about that, then I'm, I'm all for that. Like That sounds really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think it will be at all. But that would be really cool if it was. Like, yeah. Yeah, if we get, if we go back to some sort of traditional blue-white control deck and you just have this as, as your finisher and then grip pull a counter spells, like, that's going to be fantastic. That sounds like good on its pure fun Magic the Gathering, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. This seems like an easy hit. It's very, very powerful. Yeah. It's again, it's 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 just you know, it's the last in the cycle of big, scary legendary dragons. So, it's the blue dragon. It, does it does blue things? It draws cards, it flies. It's yeah, it's it's just good, just a good card. I like it. Yeah, it's just it's just powerful. It's it's good. It's cool. There cool. we go. We did it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's cool enough. Easy hit. Let's move on then. Uh, next up is Lolth Spider Queen. Uh, it's three black black for legendary planeswalker Lolth. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a loyalty counter on Lolth Spider Queen. Uh, it's four loyalty. And has zero, you draw a card and you lose one life. Minus three, create two, two, one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. And minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control. If that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the difference. I still don't know what that emblem does. <laughs> uh, it's it's a spider, so it cares about the number eight, I guess. Ah, funny. Yeah. Good joke. Yeah, it's... it's I mean, again, like this card is super, super cool, and it's it's going in that sort of strange exploration design space that we've been seeing with Planeswalkers, and I'm all for that. Like, even if this isn't good enough to see play anywhere, it's still super cool design, and yeah, I love that. Yeah, to me again, screams like an easy hit. It still it still reads like a just a five mana that typical Planeswalker design with you know plus protect itself minus removal whatever but it's just the numbers have been moved slightly so it still functions yeah. kind of like that um, and I like that it's not easy to plus yeah. because so when you you minus three put it to one and then you have two blockers but they only put two counters back on it so you have to have other creatures as well this doesn't like this can't ultimate all by itself essentially yeah yeah totally. you have to have uh, doing, doing other things this is powerful I mean two ones are pretty good blockers and they have menace and reach so they can also go on the attack pretty well the menace yeah. um, and then yeah, you can just draw cards and it's, it's cool and also it's a big spider lady I don't know who yeah. Wolf is but she seems cool she, she's the, the spider queen um, I have certainly played against Loth in one of the video games I don't really remember enough uh, but I know she's quite a quite a, a famous character within the game and yeah it's cool. It's doing spidery things because it cares about the number eight, and it's just an interesting card. Again, seems like an easy, easy hit to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it also looks like a Dark Souls boss. Which yeah. Is cool. <laughs> cool. Next up is a very easy one. I think it is Minsk Beloved Ranger. It is red, green, 
white for a legendary creature, Human Ranger. It's a 3-3. When Minsk, beloved ranger, enters the battlefield, create Boo, a legendary 1-1 red hamster creature token with trample and haste. You can pay X until end of turn. Target creature you control has a base power and toughness XX and becomes a giant in addition to its other types. Activate only as a sorcery. It makes a hamster token. It does. The easiest hit we've ever had. It's Minsk and Boo. This is the easiest, easiest hit in the world. Yeah, then there's a battlefield, creates Boo, and then you can you can use the uh, the ability to turn Boo into a giant space hamster. No, it doesn't gain a creature type space, so it's only a giant hamster. It does it does not currently, but who knows? Once we have magic, the space, and then years down the line, there might be the great creature Arata again, and we'll we'll get magic, Boo magic, turned into a space hamster. Magic the space thing? What are you talking about? Universe is beyond. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh sure. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, magic can be anything now. Yeah, when they release the the forty k crossover, yeah, Colorado boot to be a space hamster, because you've got to have creature type space marine, right? Hell yeah, so space has go. got to be a creature type. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is this is cool. Uh, I do know a bit more about this just because everyone's been talking about it. It seems to be an excellent representation of Minsk as a character, and the fact that he's a b- big lovable oaf with a pet hamster who he like throws at people yep it's screams go for the eyes we go for the it's eyes it's very cool <laughs> I like that this is this is like I don't know it's like it's a very serious character but also it's incredibly silly yep. and I really like that magic yeah, magic needs uh, more of that so totally big big fan of this yeah Minsk and Boo characters that I'm very very familiar with uh, from playing original Baldur's Gate game when I was very very young uh, yeah, big fan. I think this is this is a very very good representation of the characters on a card. Uh, I love it. Will it be good enough to see constructor play outside of Commander? Absolutely not. Will it be a fantastic, cool Commander deck? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Love this card. Sweet. Easy hit. Easiest hit of the lot. Next one. Cool. Uh, next up again. I think this one probably be an easy hit too. This is uh, Mordenkainen. 4 blue blue for legendary planeswalker. It's 5 loyalty, it has a plus 2, draw 2 cards and put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library. Minus 2, create a blue dog illusion creature token with this creature's power and toughness are equal to twice the number of cards in your hand. And minus 10, exchange your hand and library and then shuffle. You get an emblem if you have no maximum hand size. Uh, yeah. Big blue planeswalker that does card advantage things and he makes a, a blue dog. Yep. So this is uh, Gary Gygax's playable character. So this is the, the guy who invented D and D. This is the the longest running active Dungeons and Dragons character. Um, yeah. No matter what they were gonna do with this card, I feel like it, it's just gonna be an instant, instant hit based on flavor alone. I guess. Um, yeah. Big big fan of this. I, I love that that ultimate as well. Like that ultimate's really cool. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, isn't Gary Gygax kind of a dick? Is that that Um, a thing I've heard? Probably. I'm unsure. I'm unsure. Um, I mean, wouldn't be surprised, but unsure. I mean, his character looks kind of like a white supremacist. It's a cool cut, (laughs) and he makes a dog, and the dog's very cute, and that's enough for me. It's a planeswalker. It's a myth. I'm not. I'm going to refuse to 
to uh, to defend why I think Planeswalker should be Mythics. It's a Planeswalker, it's an easy hit. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally, totally agree. Just, sorry, just reading it about Gary Gygax. And I forgot Gary Gygax uh, was no longer with us as of 13 years ago. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have called him a dick then. Uh, I mean, I mean, if I... he was a dick, he was a dick. I, I'm unsure at this point. I'll, I'll look into it. Is it still is it still liable if they're dead? Uh, who knows? And who cares? Let's move on. <laughs> oh yeah, he died when he was sixty-nine. Nice. There we go. Let's move on. Next up is old <laughs> Norbone. Five green green for a legendary creature dragon. So it's 7-7, seven, seven. that's flying, obviously. And when a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. Why is it so, made treasure tokens? Why does it yeah. screen card? Yeah. We briefly touched on this last week, because obviously a lot of commander players were unhappy about this for some reason, <laughs> but it's a legendary dragon that creates treasure. It's a dragon, has treasure, 7 mana 7-7, seven, seven. yeah. Yeah, this card is, is, is a hit. I, again, I don't really know who old Norbone is in terms of, of the lore, but seems cool. It's a big mythic legendary dragon in the Dungeons and Dragons set. Easy hit to me. The less I say about this card, the better. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hit for sure. It's sure. a big mythic dragon that does something big and flashy, and that's enough for me. Cool. Nice and simple then. Uh, let's move on to the Book of Exalted Deeds. It's white, white, white for a legendary artifact. At the beginning of your end step, if you gain three or more life this turn, create a 3-3 three, three white angel creature token with flying. You can pay white, white, white and tap it to exile the Book of Exalted Deeds. Put an enlightened counter on target angel. It gains you can't lose the game and your opponents can't win the game. Activate only as a sorcery. Make your own platinum angel. Yeah. Uh, make your own platinum angel that dies to unsummon, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, it does enough things that I think it's solidly a mythic for me. Yeah, it has the text, like, you can't lose the game and your opponents can't win the game. I think that alone is is sort of worth the mythic slot. Um, yeah, it's seeing some play in standard, a uh, bit of play in historic as well, because obviously you can do that, uh, you can put the counter on Faceless Haven, uh, and nice. make Faceless Haven a Platinum Angel, because it is... Uh, when you animate it, it becomes a creature of all creature types. And then when it is a land, it still has that text, right? Yep, still has it. Well, yeah, when it is a land, it still has the uh, has the enlightened counter on it. So yeah. So, and Field of the Dead is about to rotate out of standard shortly. Field of the Dead, uh, so Field, Field of, of Ruin. Ruin, sorry, yeah. And yeah. we don't have another Field of Ruin strip mine effect, right? So that might be a problem. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, I mean, I, I assume we'll get something in the Innistrad. Maybe Innistrad will have Ghost Quarterback. That would be cool. It'd probably be necessary if this is going to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just jam it in there last minute. Uh, I don't think that's a <laughs> that's a synergy that anyone at Wizards predicted. Anyway, yeah. it's you know, three white mana and then three white mana on the colorless producing land. So. But yeah, this does a lot of things. It says you can't lose the game. Um, it does other things as well. So I think that's solidly a hit for me. Yeah, same. I think it's a, a really, really cool card. 
again, I'm not sure where the Book of Exalted Deeds comes into play in terms of the, of the greater D&D lore, but I assume it's some sort of you know, legendary item. And next up then we have the Book of Vile Darkness, which is sort of the opposite of that. It's black, black, black for legendary artifact. And at the beginning of your end step, if you lost two or more life this turn, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Uh, you can tap and exile it. Uh, exile the Book of Vile Darkness, an artifact you control named Eye of Vecna and Hand of Vecna. And you create Vecna, legendary 8-8 black zombie god creature token with indestructible. It gains all triggered abilities of the exiled cards. I love this design. It has never yeah. been good, but it is very, very cool. It's, it is super, super cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Cauldra, the Scepter and Throne of Empire, or whatever it was, from M11. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, Bogbrew Witch, and Fe Festering Newt, and Bubbling Cauldron. I'm just a big fan of that, of that sort of... It's never good, but it's like it's got such great casual appeal. Hers is mine, hers is mine, hers Alright, you try hard. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I just love that design of like three cards coming together to do one big stupid thing and the first time you pull that off it just feels amazing yeah uh, and you know like three mana thing for if you lost two or one off his turn create a two two like it's kind of fine and then I believe the eye of Vector and hand of Vector also do other things um, so put nose on your deck it's it's, it's yeah well, for a start like when eye of Vector enters a battlefield you draw a card and you lose two life so there we go that triggers that automatically itself uh Hand of Vecna. Uh, it has an equip cost of one life for each card in your hand. So yeah, they have activated abilities or triggered abilities which tie in directly with the Book of Vile Darkness and will help you make those those black zombie creatures. That's cool. Yeah, it's just a great design, uh, and I imagine it makes sense otherwise. And yeah, I mean it's an easy hit for me. I'm just a big fan of that design. So I I want them to do it like every set. It's never yeah, good, it's never constructed playable, it's barely good in Commando, but it's just really, really fun. Yeah, I'm fully, fully on board with you on this one. Like, again, might just might not be the most powerful thing in the world you can do, but it's super, super cool, and that ticks the box for me. Sweet. So next up, another thing which I think is super, super cool is the deck of many things. It's five mana for a legendary artifact. Pay two and tap says roll a d20 and subtract the number of cards in your hand if the result is zero or less discard your hand then the d20 results are one to nine return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand 10 to 19 draw two cards and 20 put a creature card from any graveyard on the battlefield under your control when that creature dies its owner loses the game is it possible to roll a zero are there cards that augment what result you get in a d20 uh, so you roll a d20 and subtract the number of cards. Oh in yeah, your I, hand. Didn't, I just didn't read so the whole so of the card. Yeah, you could you could roll a one and have one card in your hand, and then you get yeah, a zero. Yeah, yeah, sure, my bad. <laughs> so so you to get the twenty, you have to have zero cards in your hand, and roll a natural twenty. Like. I, so I have the card in front of me. I just listen to you read out the entire text of the card, and I still missed a fucking sentence off it. I mean, there's a lot of text on this card. There's a lot of text on this card. This is the mythic that does the D20 thing in the, the same yeah. way that, you know, uh, Ellie Wick was the uh, the mythic that did the dungeon, the dungeon. thing. Um, so you always, like, there is a mythic that does the one of the mechanics of the set, and I think that's solidly enough to, to be a mythic. And it does a lot of fun things and randomness and variance, which we all hate. So maybe it should be a myth because we hate the variance. Yeah, boo RNG, boo. Boo RNG, more that. like. <laughs> yeah. Got him. <'em. laughs> 
yeah, I, it, it's 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 fun. Uh, I just I kind of like I, I again I don't know where it fits in the law, but I like the idea that there's a card called the deck of many things. That's fun. Yeah. Especially when your your deck is a deck of many things. Uh, I <laughs> you were just l- going to slip that one in there, weren't you? <laughs> Thank you for the love exposition this. on my on my joke. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like less than five percent of the time because you have to have a <laughs> zero cards in your hand and roll a natural twenty. This yeah. is going to do something super cool and you know maybe win you the game. Uh, it's it's just a, a really really cool design, a really fun design, I think. And yeah, sometimes you're just going to draw two cards, and that's cool. It's like a tarot deck, right? Is that the yeah? Is that the joke? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Um, the art's really, really cool. It's just like a tarot deck, and as we all know, Vulcan Barber is really good at doing hands. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this card. It's a, it's a sweet design, and it's kind of it's yeah, it's kind it, of terrible, which I love. I, I don't know. I think it's kind of like I guess in, in terms of playing this this in Commander, like I think this is kind of just reasonable. Most of the time, it's just going to be like pay two, draw two cards. Yeah, I guess. And you can activate it at instant speed as well. That's pretty good. But we had like chromatic orrery, which did, which was very similar. You have to pay seven mana to draw your first card, and that's so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least this is seven, seven mana draw two, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Fifty <laughs> percent of the time. Like probably. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a it's it's a cool design, and it's 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 just a cool looking card. So I'm, yeah, I'm cool, I like cool it. Hit on this. Same. Cool, next up then we have the Tarrasque. It is six green 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 for a legendary creature, Dinosaur. The Tarrasque has haste and ward ten, as long as it was cast. Whenever the Tarrasque attacks, it fights target creature, depending on player controls. It's ten ten. What the fuck is this? <laughs> you want big green creatures? This is <laughs> the biggest green creature you could possibly think of. This yeah. is great. I so I I think this is one of the cards where there's gonna be the the biggest disconnect between you know D and D players and Magic players. Like to Magic players, like this, this seems really cool and ridiculous. And like, oh, it's got it's got Ward ten. It's a ten ten for nine mana. It has haste. It's, it's it looks really silly on the face of it. But then, like in D and D, it's supposed to be even more ridiculous and even more like destructive. And it, it's like at like a level thirty challenge, and it like. Like nobody, nobody kills a Tarrasque in D and D. This like, it, this thing just just dies to Emrakul. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if Emrakul was, was in D and D, if Emrakul was in D and D, yeah, if Emrakul was in D and D, then Emrakul could probably take on like fifteen Tarrasques easily. Yeah, like if they did, if they did a Zendikar D and D campaign, I imagine Emrakul would be <laughs> like the, the unkillable <laughs> monster, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is that's cool, and it's it's the big green finisher that you won't ever cast in your standard deck because it costs nine fucking mana. But if you get that point yeah. and there's a ramp deck, then this is certainly the payoff you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I th- I think like in terms of this is just a magic card. This is an easy easy hit, but I think it as it being a representation of of the D and D monster. I think it's a miss, but like overall, I want to give this a hit just because it's it's massive and it's ridiculous and it is really cool and it's it's the big green Timmy mythic and I love it. Yeah. And Ward Ten, we haven't seen anything with Ward Ten yet, so that's super cool, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if this is on the table, you've won the game, right? I think that's the that's the point. Like, it, so you're saying, so you're saying like the the Tarask is is just like an unkillable monster. 
uh, it's yeah it's huge and massive yeah. and destroys all of the land of it like it should have had land destruction really like the least they should have had some sort of land destruction or like when you cast it tap target opponent's lands they don't untap their next turn uh, like something like that I feel like a 9 mana card could have when it attacks destroy target land yeah probably, probably. rather than the fight um, but yeah if this is in play or really I guess it, it's a mythic it could have both right yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe this is our first myth because it doesn't it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't stone rain them as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is if, if this isn't playing, you've cast it, you're winning the game, and I guess that's kind of yeah. the, the point of the law, right? Yeah, that's it. I, th- I think for for me, in terms of, of of magic cards, it's a hit. In terms of D and D cards, it, it's a myth, but. I'm going to give it a hit overall, definitely. Sweet. I wonder if, I think it's I wonder if any of these will be myths. We've only got, like, four left. I mean, I, I've given at least one of a myth so far. Have you? Which one was that? Oh, Fire Skull. Oh, yeah, skull. of course, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, Unfortunately. which it should be, but it's a flame skull, so... Next up, then, we have Tiamat. Tiamat is two white, blue, black, red, green for a legendary creature, Dragon Guard. It's a 7-7. Seven, seven. That's flying, and when Tiamat enters the battlefield, if you cast it, search your library for up to five Dragon Cards not named Tiamat. They each have different names. Reveal them, put them in your hand, then shuffle. Do you like the Dragon EDH decks? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think this is super, super simple. Um, not the most powerful thing in the world, but is 100% a hit it's really cool we see all five colours of, of, of mana represented on the dragon it's two in a Wooberg for a 7-7 seven, seven. and yeah you go search a bunch of dragons it's yeah. it's the the sort of creator of all, of all dragons within the D&D world and it's represented very nicely on the card there it's going to be disgusting in your air, go- air dragon deck yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's an easy hit it's a stupid big dragon legendary creature and I, it's one of the things I like about the set. It's like they can easily—you don't have to know anything about D and D to be really awestruck by this big, stupid five-color dragon, right? Yeah. This is still massively yeah, appealing totally. to everyone that would have wanted a dragon. No one's thinking, "Oh, I don't know the law, so I'm not going to play this in my own dragon deck." <laughs> You're going to play it regardless. It's, it's just cool. Yeah. yeah, it's just a cool. That, that's the, the way I feel about most of these cards. Is that like, oh, I have no idea what the the story connotations or what the law or flavor is in these cards. But they're just cool cards on the face of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, magic players don't care about the magic law, so why would they care about D&D lore as well? Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Cool. Big fan, Tiamat, then. Easy, easy hit for me. And next up, we have Xanathar, Guild Kingpin. Four blue-black for a legendary creature, Beholder. The 5-6 has, at the beginning of your upkeep, choose target opponent. Until end of turn, that player can't cast spells. You may look at the top card of their library any time. You may play the top card of their library, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any colour to cast spells this way. Now, call me stupid, but I did when I think of beholders, because that's like the one touchstone I have with the India, really, the, the existence of beholders. This yeah. isn't what I pictured. <laughs> this weird, like, bizarre trader guy. <laughs> Is that? Am I wrong? Or is this like this specific beholder that does this, and other beholders are just like yeah? So, so Xanathar is is a, is a water deep's most infamous crime lord. Uh, so Xanathar <laughs> is kind of like the 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 leader of of Demir in the D and D world, essentially. That's uh, cool. He's 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 he, well, he is as the card say, guild kingpin. Um, he has all of the information on friend and foe. 
uh, is just super super cool. I think it's it's quite well represented in, in the card. Like the fact that you you know what your opponent has on the top card, the top card in their library, and you can cast it, and they can't cast spells. It's like nothing you can do against them. And he knows everything. Uh, yeah, Xanathar is a really really cool character. I think it's a very good implementation of the character on a card. And it's got its big shitting gummy grin. <laughs> I love Hell it. Yeah. <laughs> and like the fact you can get I... so much personality into a big mouth and a single eyeball is very impressive. I love Beholders so much. Beholders are one of my favorite fantasy monsters. They're like, very cool. They're just super super cool. Just truly truly bizarre designs. But uh, yeah, love them. I think Xanathar's fantastic. Uh, I've also played with Xanathar a little bit in that deck as well uh, that I was talking about earlier. Um, yeah, the card seems, seems good. It seems like it's it's going to be a really cool like political commander as well, so big fan of it. Yeah, it's 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 just like a powered down centriplets, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so instead of looking at the whole hand and being able to cast it, you just look at the top kind of the library and you can cast it. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's like exactly centriplets for one more mana. Um, yeah, but I I, I think it, it it works on a different angle. It was like the opponent like the opponent doesn't look at the top card of the library. Only you do. Oh, so you then can, you look you at the next like, one down. You can play. You? Yeah, so yeah. If you, you can play yeah, sure. political games with them and, and bluff and stuff. And the only problem is if they hit, if they have a land, you brick right. You can play a land, and then if there's another. Yeah, land, you can pl- you can play a land, but you don't have to. You don't have to. You know the opponent. That's unknown information to your opponent. So you could say, you could say, oh yeah, yeah. There's a counter spell on the top of your library that I can play. Like so many, you can get into so many like political game, like nonsense and shenanigans in, in a game of Commander. I think definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool yeah. card. Uh, yeah, I yeah, love it's, it. it's big, big fan. It's a hit for sure. For Easy sure. Hit for me. Cool. And then we come to our final mythic. This is Zariel, Archduke of Avernus. Two red red for legendary planeswalker Zariel. So comes into play with four loyalty. It's plus one. Creatures you control get plus one plus zero and gain haste until end of turn. Uh, zero create a one one red devil creature token with when this tar- creature dies it deals one damage to any target. And minus six you get an emblem with at the end of the first combat phase in your turn untap target creature you control. After this phase there is an additional combat phase. That is an extremely red planeswalker. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is like potentially the most red planeswalker they've ever printed. Yeah, because it just does so many different red, like mono red things. Um, Absolutely, feels feels a little bit like cough to me, just on like the face of it. The fact that it's a, it's a four mana four four. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's again. I'm not sure where this this character ties into the law, but. That that minus six ability is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know, it seems a little bit a little underwhelming. Um, just makes a one one and then gives things haste, I guess, which is could be useful, but it's not. I, I would be surprised if this were a standard contender. Um, yeah, I don't think you play this in standard at all. But I suppose because well, it's a mythic, so that's where my discussion of this card ends. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that the minus six gives you an emblem as well, so you're gonna get that that double combat on, on every every turn if you if you do get to live through multiple turns. But yeah, I think yeah, I think on on power level alone, power level alone, I think it's a, it's a miss. But 
yeah, it gives you multiple combat phases. That that's a pretty pretty interesting, pretty exciting thing. So I'm gonna give it a hit. Yeah. A reluctant hit, yeah. but it's a hit. It's just they they keep finding things for planeswalkers to do that planeswalkers haven't done before, which I think is cool. Like yeah. an emblem that is uh, an aggravated assault is it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Okay, so we gave everything cool. a hit? Apart from one? <laughs> well, I yeah, I didn't give Flameskull a hit. And I probably shouldn't. One or, one or two sort of reluctant sure. hits, but I think overall, like, this is just a stupidly cool set. Absolutely. Like, even the cards that aren't good are very cool, and they, they're cool on their own merits, like, without knowing the lore, without knowing... You know, a lot of the context around the, the the characters or spells or creatures or whatever that are depicted on the cards, in terms of them just being magic cards, I think I think they stand on their own merit. Definitely, really really cool set. Yeah, I mean I I wasn't particularly high on the set, and I think looking at these in a little bit more detail has certainly certainly excited me a bit more about it. Yeah, uh, I still don't think I'm gonna care about the set <laughs> all that much, but this is I'm certainly higher on it than I was when we started recording. So. Yeah, that's it. I think I'm, I'm very much in the same place. Like, I think the the power level of this set overall is is pretty low and, and not very exciting, especially when you compare it to you know, everything we've had from Eldraine onwards. Yeah. There's there's not a lot that can really contend with a lot of things in standard. There's not a lot that is really good enough for for eternal play. But if you take this set in a vacuum, I I think this is fantastic. I think it's a really really cool set. Even if you don't know anything about D and D, I think there's enough here that it just seems cool and just looks cool. I think if if like if D and D didn't exist, or if, like if these if these cards just had like different names and they took away like the D and D connotations and just set this on generic Magic plane, I think it would hold up as like a like a new Magic plane totally. And I I think that's really cool. I'm far happier that we got this set than. You know, M twenty two. I think at this point, definitely. Yeah, there's so much more room for for innovation and stuff. And like, it's why I'm kind of excited for like universes beyond with like the you know the other IPs and stuff. So like, we've had other IPs. Yeah. They've been like very select, very few cards. Like so, with the Godzilla tie, it was just like very specific Godzilla monsters. Uh, yeah. And with you know the Walking Dead, it's just it was just five five characters, right? Whereas this is like an entire yeah. world that they're able to explore. And like, sure, it's very very close to Magic, and it's owned by the same company. Um, so it was always going to work, right? It would, be, it would be very, very impressive if they managed to mess this up somehow. Um, but it does make me slightly more excited for like the Lord of the Rings set and stuff, where you got like an entire, entire yeah. universe that you get to put on magic cards, um, rather than just like an entire set of like three hundred magic cards, right? Um, yeah. Whatever, however big that set's going to be, rather than just four or five. And you get to do top-down design for those cards, like you didn't get to do that for Godzilla. So, I it, it is exciting. It's it's. I'm still not a big fan of other IPs crossing into Magic, but I think it's it's very exciting for in, in terms of designing Magic cards specifically. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, we, we say constantly, like we we love Magic. We think it's the best game ever created. So, taking the rule sets of that game and just applying them to different products to different IPs to different universes and seeing what you would do with those universes and that rule sets like that's super super cool to me and that is a thing that has existed for years and years and years where people are creating their own sort of custom sets online and yeah get, getting them as, as as products as actual sort of standalone products that don't 
necessarily have to mesh with the rest of magic at all is, is fantastic and yeah uh, two, I'm super super excited for Universes Beyond and maybe we'll see more D&D stuff in the future not necessarily like a standard set like this but maybe there will be you know, Universes Beyond D&D products like maybe there'll be like, like a standalone Icewind Dale set or standalone Neverwinter Nights set or who knows but I think there's, there's a lot of room and, and it, it is it's really cool to see that they can take this this other IP and and work it into a work it into a, a magic set into a standard environment pretty successfully I think. Yeah, for sure, it's 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 great, and and also it's it seems pared down. We've talked about Hellsing these cards in very well, yeah. but the vast majority of these mythics we've we've said aren't aren't don't don't seem like great standard contenders, and some of them are like occasionally and like you know a Sarak is good in like this stupid omniscience deck, right? Which is fine. yeah, which is a bad deck. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so I like this. It's just like it's 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 caring about uh, like top down design. That's and that's where Magic is at, is at its best, right? Like with the yeah the card that cares about three different card types that are very specific and like Magic is at its best when it's top down design and we're not just trying to push the limits of everything. Yeah, in my totally. opinion, at least. I I agree definitely definitely agree. And this isn't Throne of Aldrain, and that's great. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent agree with you there, and. Yeah, it's just made me, like you said, I, I very much shared the same feelings. Like when I saw the, the full set of this released and was really looking through it and you know, thinking about what these things mean in terms of D&D and oh, this is what a D&D magic set looks like. I'm now super, super excited for the Lord of the Rings magic set. I, Absolutely. I it's really yeah. amazing. Cannot wait to play with that. Cool. Cool. So I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, can let us know your feel- feelings about about the mythics in the set did we get the hit or myth right what do you think is, is flame skull definitely a hit come to come debate me hit us up on twitter we are at hfdcast facebook.com slash hfdcast or if you've really enjoyed anything in the show would like to give back in a monetary value you can hit us up at patreon we are patreon.com slash arrow devastation tiers start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 25 cents per episode this podcast is brought to you by manly.com Use the promo code HOFD5 at checkout. You can get 5% off your entire order, including sealed products for Avengers the Forgotten Realms. Nice. Go check that out. If you want to find me at my own personal social media, on Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOaf. That's over for Neff. Facebook, I'm, in, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Currently talking about Hull Breacher. <laughs> I also stream... <laughs> Also stream on Twitch every Friday night. We do Friday Night Magic. We do something magic related. Usually, it, it's been a lot of Cube recently. Cube's great fun. Uh, my favourite format. Come check me out there. It's a good time. Twitch.tv slash Uh You can find me on Twitter at Snail69. Nice. Just tweet, tweeting about how racist this country is and how Pretty Patel's a dickhead. Yeah. If that sounds like you've got a content, <laughs> come find me. <laughs> Awesome, that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfair has returned, so see you again next week on Hour Devastation. <laughs>